This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and today I am very delighted to introduce you to a highly gifted and beyond talented artist named Sarah Petroff. Sarah is an artist, art consultant, and interior designer, and her company is called Petroff Design and Art Consulting. I have to tell you all that I've never been so blown away by an artist as I was yesterday when I went to visit her studio in person. More on this soon. Also later on in the program, we have back on again Juno award-winning singer Katie George. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about a real jewel and an artist that you're going to want to know all about. You'll know the name Sara Petrov from the famous Petrov Gallery that graced Eglinton Avenue and has still graces Eglinton Avenue for the last 20 years. And this, of course, was her brainchild. But Sara says that she was really put on this earth to create art herself. And only in recent years has she given herself permission to fully unleash her untapped potential. With degrees in both visual fine arts and interior design, she has served as the curator and artistic director of Toronto's prominent Petrov Gallery, as mentioned, for over 20 years, coached countless artists in their professional practice, juried art shows, taught art, and sat on several boards and advisory committees in the arts, all the while dreaming that it should be her artwork up on those gallery walls. In 2013, she sold the gallery to establish Petrov Design, a thriving interior design and art consulting practice with the intent of striking a balance between her day job in front of the computer and her dream job in her studio, where she is truly the happiest, hands dirty, pushing the medium and creating something from nothing. She really was born an artist, but she has taken the scenic route to get back to where she really is meant to be. For Sarah, the question is, if not me, then who? And if not now, then when? Drawn to rescuing traces of time through memory-filled papers, her mixed-media sculptural collages are intended to reframe obsolete ephemera in a new light. Working in a multitude of media, layering and sculpting these papers, Sarah breathes new life into old items where emotional value is repurposed and reinvested with new meaning and narratives. Often in the form of clothing, her work is never intended as historical costume, but rather to serve as an intimate and familiar safe space into which the viewer brings forward their own memories. Similarly, in Sarah's Judaic body of work, old prayers and texts are explored in creative artistic interpretations, as she puts it, quote, keeping our rich history alive and relevant to our children. These are multimedia narratives of lives lived, sculpted from paper and mixed with history. 
With each new work, Sara's work gains in-depth technique and audience. The multidimensional nature of Sara's art is always best appreciated in person. And I know this because I was just in her studio yesterday, and I haven't been able to stop thinking and feeling so much since being there. I felt all the feels and all the things, and even more, being in what I can only describe as a sacred space, exploding with the creativity and giftedness of this exceptional artist. Sara Petrov, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. It's wonderful to have you here. Wow, wonderful to be here. I, I'm going to listen again to your intro many times. <laughs> <laughs> Sara, you knew since you were five years old that you wanted to be an artist. And for years, you supported so many other artists in Canada through your gallery and business operations, curation, mentorship, media communications, connectivity in the arts, and so on. And finally, you made the shift in 2013, and it was an agonizing decision for you to sell the Petrov Gallery. What motivated you to finally make that dramatic change? What is the moment when you knew you had to do this? Well, <laughs> There's two moments, actually. The moment that we decided to sell the gallery had more to do with the fact that our lease had come up and Eglinton was just about to be torn up for what was supposed to be four years of LRT construction. And now we're like eight, nine years into it and we're still seeing Eglinton just anyhow. That was the, the reason we decided to sell the business because I had also done every kind of exhibition. I'd explored every way of presenting. I, I had fulfilled that dream. I had lived it for 20 years and I was satiated. And it was mm -hmm. now time for new dreams. I didn't actually mm -hmm. begin getting back into my studio until about four years ago when my father passed away. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had been, um, I've had a whole life where I have cared for other people. And it wasn't yes. up until that point where I finally, I was done. I, I mm -hmm. didn't have to look after someone. I didn't have to. So I had the energy and with fewer hours ahead of me than behind me, mm. it was time. It was time. You say you always knew you were born to be an artist. Can you describe what you mean by that? I was born in a, into a home that was filled with art and art history. My mother was an art historian and an artist herself. Uh, my father was an architect. And so we spent literally every weekend either at the art gallery at the ROM, which is the Royal Ontario Museum, or at David Mervish Books on Art. I was always <laughs> surrounded by this. And to me, there was no other world to it. And um, it was nurtured. It was just something that flowed out of me. It was my first language. Wow. Wow. And you, in a way, have taken the circuitous route back to where you were always meant to be. Can you tell us more about what it's like and what it has been like since you sold the Petrov Gallery to be doing what you were truly passionate about and what you love to do the most? What is it like for you to do this every day? When I'm actually doing it and I'm actually in the studio, time stands still. 
there's no other way to say it. Um, you know, for people, uh, I have ADHD. I am distracted by everything. But I find when I'm in my studio, I can go 12 hours and not be hungry, wow. not be tired. Uh, people have to say, okay, it's time. Come. Like, it's time. It's time. Um, and I find when you are so engrossed in something, so mesmerized by something, so just in it. It's the place to be. It's, it is what makes you happy. I'm so glad that you made this decision for all of us. I'm going to say this selfishly that we get to enjoy your beautiful art. As I mentioned off the top of the show, when I walked into your studio yesterday, and I really have to emphasize this, it evoked so much emotion in me. And I think you could see, Sarah, that I was very visibly moved more than once by many of the brilliant pieces that you create in your many different collections. And the one that I would love to start talking about that just made me weep, and it's, I think, right behind you, I see it in the background, is entitled, I Can't Find My Way Home, which just made me feel so overcome with emotion. And I thought it was so breathtakingly beautiful and heartfelt. Can you tell us a little bit more about this piece, like really paint us a picture because we're on the radio And then I'm going to tell all of you, you have to go on to Sarah's website and we'll give you all that info at the end of the show to actually see it in person. Because I wish, as we're describing this, that you could see the beauty of Sarah's work. So I encourage you all to go online. I'm actually going to say it a few times to www.petrovdesign.com. That's P-E-T-R-O-F-F design.com to see and experience it with your own eyes. But let's go back for a moment to I Can't Find My Way Home. What inspired you to create this piece? And can you tell us all about it? Okay. My works have old papers and so forth. So in cleaning out my father's place after he passed, I had his old passports and immigration documents from grandparents. And I had all sorts of ephemera that is meaningful to me. It was certainly meaningful to him because he kept it for so long. But how do I make it meaningful to my kids and my grandkids. So the piece Can't Find My Way Home is actually sculpted all from maps. And it is a sculpture of a young child's coat and cap and boots. And in a gesture, carrying a suitcase in a train station. And there are so many layers to it, like physical layers, emotional layers, historical layers mm-hmm. to it. The ground is a painting on mylar, which is translucent. And behind the mylar is a nautical map because my father was a, he was a boater. And uh, mm-hmm. so these are a way for these maps. Like what else are you going to do with them? I don't want to send them to landfill and I want them to have a new life and a new narrative. So the actual sculpture, when you see it as a whole, these are mounted in shallow plexi shadow boxes. This figure is standing on the platform of a train station, and it is uh, the mapster from England. The underskirt is from my father's stamped passport pages. And... The subject matter is about the kinder transports that spirited so many children out of Eastern Europe just before or just as the uh, Second World War was beginning. And so people who, with that mileage and with that background, will key into that feeling. However, it's about 
every person who's displaced and can't find home. That sense of home and security that is stripped away from so many people across the globe. Hmm. We are all transient in, in a sense in that way and arriving on new lands with that sense of being a frightened child. So that's what that piece is all about. It's so incredible. And I just wanted to ask you, did you feel emotional when you finished that piece or while you were creating that piece? Did you have a good cry at your own creation? Well, I didn't have a good cry. That's not necessarily the sign of were you emotional. <laughs> that just means that you're able to let it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was emotionally connected to this piece uh, and actually continue to be emotionally connected to the piece to the point where I'm this close to saying this piece is not for sale because I want to keep it in my life. There's something very, very haunting and special and and mm -hmm. deep mm -hmm. within this piece that is, mm -hmm. um, it just resonates. And it resonates with everybody who sees it, mm -hmm. you know, regardless mm -hmm. of their background and their age. Even uh, I've had high school students come through for my exhibitions mm -hmm. and they get it, wow. you know? Wow. I want to tell the listeners what goes into your pieces, and I hope I'm describing this well, and you'll fill in any blanks that I'm missing, but there's bits and pieces of jewelry and beads and sheet music and even broken dishes and maps and beautiful handwriting, which I'll get to in a minute in your work. You also batik your own fabrics and make your own paper and stamps. You're a true multimedia, mixed media artist who creates beauty out of history and memory. And you breathe new life into important bits and pieces from other people's pasts. Can you tell us where the inspiration came from for this gorgeous multimedia art that you create and tell us more about why you're so drawn to this mixed media this very textural three-dimensional art oh good questions good questions um what actually spurned all of this and lit the fire was when i was cleaning out my father's condo you come across all there's so much Aside from photographs, there's so much that we all accumulate and take with us through our life and have in the backs of drawers, things that, you know, we just don't want to throw away, but we don't know what to do with, things that are meaningful for us. And so I took all of this and it was heartbreaking as we're cleaning this out and we have literally bags that are going to garbage and bags that are going to goodwill and, and it's heartbreaking. So I, took what was meaningful for my father, things that are bring meaning to me and I um, and with all of the other things that I have in my life because I, I also lost my mother young, so I hang on to things. Um, there mm -hmm. is memory that is infused into things and they may not be have any value, but mm -hmm. they spark something in you. So mm -hmm. I had a house filled with these items. And um, mm -hmm. the second part of your question was why mixed media? And mm -hmm. there is no one technique or media that allows me to say it all. These are sculptures mm -hmm. and how you come upon them affects how you receive them. So approaching mm -hmm. from the side is a different perspective than when you come on from the front. Where you hang it makes a difference in how you, I mean, that's the curatorial process, the context in which you appreciate or come to look at a piece of artwork. 
makes a difference. Mm -hmm. But for Mm -hmm. me, the layering of media allows for a much richer visual experience. I want to tell everyone that when you're going to www.petrovdesign.com, you'll see drop-down menus. And one of the things on that drop-down is called the Vestments Collection, which features pieces that you make out of various papers, making them look like clothes. Can you paint a picture for our listeners just about the paper? And it, it didn't look like paper to me. It was so incredible the way this looks. And I want you all to look at it so you understand what I'm saying. But it's like a three-dimensional painting made out of paper that looks real. Can you tell us more? Yeah, it is three-dimensional. And my background as interior design has given me the skills of perspective, being able to create things in perspective. And so this was also foreshortening because the shadow box is only four inches of depth of space. But to give this sense of much deeper, richer depth, there's a lot of airbrushing. There's a lot of, there's no fabric at all in my pieces. They're all paper uh, or, you know, accompanied with beads and that kind of thing. Sometimes with structure, I also will use um, fiberglass to help the structure behind. And I use acrylic polymers too, that really give some flexibility to the papers and I'm able then to heat them or dry them over forms. It's a very slow process. Wow. One of the pieces that I first saw when I came into your space was the piece acknowledging lands. Mm -hmm. And that piece also made me feel incredibly emotional. And I think it's a very important piece. What inspired you to create Acknowledging Lands? You know, with the growing awareness and the shift in Canadian awareness of Indigenous peoples, we now, for all public assemblies, all meetings, we have an acknowledgement of the lands upon which we are living, working, etc. And for me, it was... um, You know, a form of meditation is this awareness of the lens upon which I'm creating. So Mm -hmm. this was, the acknowledging lens was that kind of an awareness. And so it is a uh, a batiked jacket and it is uh, on a collaged ground that is layered with old maps and treaties with the First Nations of the Mississauga of the Credit, which is close to where I live, and all sorts of handwritten notes, all of which I actually researched and I got through the National Archives in Ottawa. Wow, wow, wow. It's just incredible. You say Ottawa, and I just think this piece needs to be in Ottawa in the National Museum so that people can really enjoy it and appreciate it. Sarah, I'm just wondering, you mentioned the word batik. What does it mean to batik paper? It's a very ancient technique that is traditionally used on clothing. You're creating um, stamps or painting with wax and that wax is a resist to any type of pigment so what i do is i i sometimes paint a paper and then i stamp on it with the beeswax hot beeswax and then i paint over it and if you remember when you were five years old where you use crayon and then you paint it over it that's what batik is and then you iron that wax out and wherever the wax has been ironed out is clear and the rest is so you're able to work up layer upon layer upon layer and make these papers that have richness and a, and a story of their own. 
It's just the coolest thing. You have to see it in person. It's just the coolest thing ever. There's another piece that I just love called Mozart's Ballet. As you say, ah, the beauty of dance. And you say this piece captures the foreshortened swirl of ballet. And it was one of the first pieces to really work up into your background, airbrushing this lovely metallic brocade fabric used to stretch over the frame. And I don't want to say everything that you did, but you used iridescent powders on the tutu made from pages of Mozart's sonatas. <laughs> and you also say it helps to be listening to Mozart while you're watching and enjoying this piece. Can you tell us a little bit more about Mozart's ballet? I know I probably said everything, but it's just beautiful. The, you know what? The ballet pieces always are. And, and it, you know, these forms ha, take on that same kind of gesture that is very majestic and, uh, you know, has a beautiful presentation. The use of music is, you know, everything now is available online. And so all of these printed documents and music is among them are a little... Uh, Nobody really uses them. And uh, so mm -hmm. the use of music is also an international, like everybody responds to clothing. Everybody responds to music. It's an international mm -hmm. language. Mm -hmm. So regardless of where you are in the world, you get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so true. There's another piece I'm just going to talk about briefly that I might actually <laughs> have to buy because I'm so in love with it that I saw at your studio called Pretty in Pink. For all of you who know me, you know I love pink. And you're not necessarily a pink person. And along the shoulders is a paper you batiked years ago. And you say the skirt, quote, was the happy result of melting a plasticized paper, creating a richly textured ground for painting. And there was something about this piece that brought me such joy, like a young girl swirling in a new dress. Yeah. What was it like making that piece, watching the completion of that piece? Because I know I look at it and I just feel like the girl is wrapping her arms around everyone with joy yeah. and abandon and bliss. To me, that's so like great. a five-year-old just twirling <laughs> a new dress. Um, it was, you know what? Some pieces come together very quickly. And so that was actually a piece that I did at the Halliburton School of Art during a five-day mixed-media course. And... Because you're working very quickly, it just came into being so seamlessly and it just, it almost like made itself. Wow. What was it like? Your question? It was like birth. It was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I love it. You know? <laughs> you became a pink person. I became a pink person along with all of the <laughs> other colors. I, I, every color I relate to. There's another very important piece that you did and a very spectacular piece of art called Queen of Hearts, Amanda Gorman. And it's a tribute, of course, to American poet Amanda Gorman, who wrote and performed The Hill We Climb at the inauguration of Joe Biden. Can you tell us what the inspiration was and how Gorman became the Queen of Hearts, changing the way the game is played? And, and you have to see this piece. It's just it's spectacular. We're going to hear all about that piece and so much more from Sarah Petroff when we get back after this short break. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. 
create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, and I'm having a wonderful conversation with artist, art consultant, and interior designer, Sarah Petroff. And I was just asking you, Sarah, about your piece called Queen of Hearts, Amanda Gorman, which is just incredible. Can you tell us more about it? So it is in the form of a large playing card, the Queen of Hearts, and it's using a whole deck of cards. Her crown is a deck of cards as well, but it's about the words that we use and how the words have been uh, on her sleeves and her cuffs and her collar. I've handwritten the entire poem, The Hill We Climb. And the concept that, you know, you wear your heart on your sleeve is never more visually portrayed than in this piece. Mm-hmm. Even the cape that she wears, the inner lining of the cape is, and the ruffled collar are all from vintage dictionaries. Mm. Because that is the power, wow. right? Her, the power she expresses in, is in her words, and they're incredibly powerful. And may this be wow. a new way that we actually connect with each other. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You also do these wonderful pop icons, and I was so struck by the piece Judy Garland, Always Chasing Rainbows. And I, I couldn't get over how there's like the three different images, and one of them is Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. And in one of them, Judy Garland's hair is made from the eight millimeter film wrapping herself in the film of which she became famous for it. Like, it's just incredible stuff. You say that you've always been drawn to powerful women with tragic (laughs) lives. (laughs) It's true. All the people that I, you know, Billie Holiday, there's, I think it is the tragedy and the growth that comes with that that makes Mm -hmm. these women shine for Mm -hmm. me. There is such Mm -hmm. a tremendous strength that comes with the resiliency of surviving that kind of thing. It's incredible. Just incredible, incredible stuff. Where do you get all your ideas from? I have no problem with ideas. Ideas come from absolutely everywhere. Everything I see, everything. I I just, I see the world differently. I think all artists do. We just, um, information is stored differently. We... We just see it differently. And so the ideas just come from, I I have no lack of ideas, Judy. I have lack of time to actually do them. (laughs) Execute them all. Yes, of course. There's so much here. There's also your kimono series, which is so gorgeous. Your kimonos are lovingly sculpted from paper, again, and are just beauty for beauty's sake. It just I, They keep dancing in my mind, these different kimono, uh, beautiful pieces that you've done. Can you tell us more about the kimono series? Sure. You know, the kimono has been a relatively unchanged format for 
you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. For me, the kimono is a canvas upon which to create. Mm-hmm. And they are more about beauty and not necessarily about the history and that kind of thing. So it's a separate collection. And those are where I use the batik papers and I use the old uh, bits of jewelry that has come into my studio one way or another. And these even real kimonos are done as artwork mm-hmm. and they last generations. And so mm-hmm. these pieces too... Once they are framed in the plexi shadow box, they, they look like museum pieces. Wow. Yeah. They do. They do. They really are just so spectacular and so beautiful. And there's just, there's so much here. You're also obsessed with landscapes and rocks and nature. Can you tell us what you love about this subject and why you're so drawn to this genre as well when you create? Sure. I have a thing for rocks. What can I tell you? I have a very good thing <laughs> for rocks. As a child, I, we had a cottage up in Muskoka and driving up the 400 highway, you pass rock cut after rock cut. And to me, that is home. To me, that is Canada. To me, that is Mm. solid ground. And I Mm -hmm. love the way, you know, I was just recently in Colorado. And when you see all the layers that in a cross section of the mountain, you realize that you're looking at a cross section of history. It's just fascinating. Mm -hmm. I just find long after we are gone, the rocks are... (laughs) The rocks will still be here. The rocks will still be here. It's so interesting the way there's something relatable in every piece. Because one of your pieces, I think I saw rocks, and it reminded me of a country house we used to have in saint Agathe in Quebec. And then you showed me in your studio these ledgers, and I got also a very emotional reaction. Because, oh, you've got the beautiful ledger there. <laughs> and So we're going to describe it for the listeners. But it reminded me of my grandma and grandpa siblings' ledger. Yeah. And I think everyone, there's something relatable in all of your pieces, and you bring that out in all of your pieces. Can you describe what we're seeing here with that beautiful handwriting? Absolutely. You know, I used to be a calligrapher. And so to me, the art of handwriting is unfortunately one of those lost arts. And... Mm-hmm. We really don't write things anymore, and certainly not with the presence of mind that it is each piece is is important and a beautiful handwriting. So what I have in my hands right now is actually a ledger from 1858 to 1967, and each page, the entries are done with the same color pen and ink and just beautiful calligraphy. I'm just going to hold that up if you can see it. Just stunning, you know? And I say a little prayer once I go to cut something out of a book. But I feel that if I don't sort of convert that currency, these old items, into something that is interesting for future generations, this is all going to end up in landfill. And it's just heartbreaking. Absolutely. Absolutely. What a wonderful thing you're doing. You also specialize in some gorgeous Judaica. And I love how you talk about the three different Hebrew words to describe the spirit. Can you just tell us briefly about these three words and how they radiate from an illuminated center in your piece, which is called spirit? Mm -hmm. There are a number of ways in Hebrew to describe spirit. And three of them, one is ruach, one is nefesh, and neshama. And they all describe different aspects of the spirit. I had the original painting that was um, purchased by somebody, but the prints 
the print series I've also turned into a limited edition where I have taken additional prints and cut them, hand cut every letter and then sculpted them so that you end up with a three-dimensional piece that you can only really read the words when you're centered on the piece, which is a metaphor that we really need to be centered for our spirit to shine, you know? Yes. Wow. I'm so glad that you do this next thing that I'm going to tell our listeners about so everyone can be involved in this. You're often contacted by clients to do custom commission pieces, and you ask them to bring some items that you can then bring back to life through a work of art. Like I'm thinking now of my grandmother signing the friend's piece of a beautiful cookbook in her gorgeous, also calligraphic handwriting. And I I want to talk to you about that because it's getting more and more faded, and I'd love to just preserve it somehow and do something with it. What are some of the items that you ask people to bring? And can you elaborate on how this all evolves and you can create, people can create custom commission pieces from you? Well, uh, rather than what I ask, why don't I share with you some of the unusual things that people have actually brought me and how yes. I've worked them in. I've had someone bring the suitcase that her grandmother brought from Europe you know, that came here, old keys, old driver's licenses, uh, wedding documents, pieces of jewelry that people will never wear, but they never wanted to throw away or get rid of. (laughs) Also, like, if you open up, you know, we all have a drawer of everything that has no place. If you open that up, I will bet that there are items there that you still stop yourself from throwing away, but yet, you're not going to use. So what do you do with those? Mm-hmm. I, I just want, I know they're, they're telling me that I have to wrap soon and I don't know how I'm going to do that. So we're going to have to have you back on again. But I just want to tell the listeners that you also do tours. People can also sign up for a private tour. So I'm going to tell you about that at the end of the show. Your studio just has an energy about it that's unparalleled. And I just want to tell everyone, it's so light and airy and spacious. And there's this, on the right side when you walk in, is a paper rack with lots of slots. And inside are beautiful papers that Sarah has collected. And there's antique paper shows that you go to. I just want you briefly just to tell us what you feel when you walk into the antique paper store. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's like a kid in the candy store. Uh, I have I have a few weaknesses, and papers are one <laughs> of them. Uh, I, I know no limits, and I should have some. But uh, when I walk into an antique paper show or uh, an old bookstore, I'm just transfixed and um, transported. I just, when you open up, an old book like that ledger. You connect with, there's something in your hands that so many people have connected to. You feel that energy. Each one of these mm-hmm. items has an energy to it. And, uh, you know, the intent and the energy that you put into a piece is received in the same way that when you cook with love, it tastes better, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So true. And what's so cool is that you're bringing all of these things back to life. Also, there's an idea wall in your studio where you have a number of pieces on the go. And there's these big white workspace tables with bits of jewelry. And everywhere there were cabinets filled with artifacts and doors and compartments and shelving and paper racks and nooks and crannies. And just everything filled to the brim with elements of your next spectacular project. And you can just feel the creative energy surging when you walk into this space. Again, I have to say it was one of the most 
most profound experiences I've ever undergone, being in your studio, seeing your beautiful work, not only adorning the walls, but in the midst of creation. Like, wow, it's like seeing the baby being born before the baby's born. (laughs) When we met, you mentioned that you were sorry, as you put it, that you wasted so many years not pursuing your gift and your purpose. And I said to you, It's not a waste because all of that beautiful creativity that's been locked up inside of you is finally free, making it even sweeter and better. What has it been like, just briefly, (laughs) doing this midlife? Does it make it sweeter, even though I know it's also very poignant because you're so aware of the preciousness of time? Mm -hmm. What is it like finally doing this thing that you were put on the planet to do? I'm shaking my head because there are no words. It fills my soul. It fills my heart. It feels like I'm in the right place. It just feels right. And I I don't feel that I wasted so much time because all of those years I was really busy and really active. I just feel that when you do get to enjoy these bounties after so many years, it is sweeter. Mm-hmm. You have a much deeper appreciation for that shift that bliss, that happiness, because you've longed for it for so long to get back to it, to, you know, and it hasn't waned in any way that uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like a five-year-old in the studio. (laughs) You're like the girl in the pretty in pink dress. Absolutely. The five-year-old in the pretty in pink, just embracing joy. So I always ask everyone this question. I think I know the answer already, but what is bliss for Sarah Petrov? What is bliss? Bliss is hearing and following your heart. Hmm. We are so distracted and we're not always present to what our heart is saying. And if we are present, we hear what it's saying, but we don't always do it. So Hmm. bliss is hearing it and doing it. You know that you were made to be on this show because you are living it. You found your bliss, you're following it, and you're giving other people permission to do the same, which is pretty incredible stuff. Wow. (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. I want to thank you so much, Sarah. Before I actually, before I say goodbye to you, I have to ask you, what is the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media? Where are all the places? On Instagram, where I'm most active, it's hashtag Petroff Design. And you can always email me, Sarah, at Petroff Design. That's S-A-R-A. You can uh, take a look at the website, PetroffDesign.com, and you can connect with me that way. I have people who reach out all the time wanting to come to the studio or wanting to have a virtual tour because they're three-dimensional. And you do need to walk around them and get a sense of what the story is. I want to thank you so much, Sarah Petrov, for being on the show today. You really do embody everything that this show is all about. It was made for you. So I am so glad that we got to do this interview. It's been a real honor having you here, and you really are a gift to the world. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It has been such a gift to speak with you about all of this. You're amazing. Thank you, Sarah. Wow. We're going to go on a short commercial break. More with Finding Your Bliss. I want to cry. And Juno Award-winning singer-songwriter Katie George when we come back. Back in a moment. 
Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're now joined again by Juno Award-winning, Toronto and Montreal-based vocalist, composer, and lyricist Katie George. And I just want to tell you a little bit about Katie. Since Katie George was on this show, actually, she's won a Juno and so much more. I can't wait to hear all about it in a moment. Katie is known for singing bebop and swing music, being called one of jazz FM 91's eight women in jazz that you need to know how accurate that is. I think I put her at the top of that list. She has performed in popular clubs and jazz festivals all across Canada, including the Toronto Jazz Festival, the Calgary Jazz Festival, the Medicine Hat Jazz Festival, and the Jazz Bistro in Toronto upstairs jazz in montreal and frankie's jazz in vancouver she has also worked and recorded with many many luminaries in the canadian jazz scene including allison o pat la barbera jocelyn gould don thompson christine jensen and virginia mcdonald in addition to performing, she's also an avid writer and she composes songs, beautiful ones, in the style of the great American songbook. Her compositions have been sung by other vocalists around the world and she was recently crowned the grand prize winner of the 2021 John Lennon Songwriting Contest, wow, in the jazz category for her song, Secret Safe. She has independently released one self-titled EP, several singles, and her debut album, No Bounds, which features guitarist Jocelyn Gould. And on July 9th, 2021, just last year at this time, she released an EP of original music arranged for a large ensemble under the Brooklyn-based label La Reserve called Now Pronouncing. Now Pronouncing was selected as CBC's Music's top 15 Canadian jazz albums of 2021. This album recently became the vocal jazz album of the year at the 2022 Juno Awards. Her next album entitled Featuring will be released on November 4th, 2022, and each of the 13 tracks will feature a guest soloist. Katie George, wow, congratulations, and welcome back to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you so much for having me, Judy. It's so nice to be back. Of course. I just want to say to our listeners and and just let them in if they don't know this, Katie is only 24 years old. So congratulations on the Juno Award, on everything. What was that night like 
to win a Juno. Can you take us back to that day and that night? Absolutely. Well, to be 100% honest with you, I did not think that I was going to win the Juno, Uh, (laughs) but I was just so excited to be there. I was so thrilled to have a nomination. The nomination was a huge goal of mine and I was so happy to have that. And so I traveled from Montreal to Toronto so that I could attend the ceremony in person. And what did you wear? I had this super cute dress that I got off of Etsy and it's from the 1960s and it was this brand called Zazy or Z-A-Z-I-E. It was from London and it was sort of like a little fit and flare dress with a like a high neck that was like a red and white stripes on the neck and the trim on the bottom, but wow. just like a nice like dark blue, navy blue. And then I paired it with a cute little belt to uh, make it a little bit more form fitting. And um, wow. it was really like, I, it was the perfect dress. It fit like a glove. So I was like, this is the one. And I had my like my best friend from Toronto, Amanda McDonald. She came down and she helped me do my hair and my makeup. And then she walked me to the event with my boyfriend, <laughs> who's also the drummer on the track. Aww. And uh, my boyfriend and I went in and it was wild. There were so many people there. And it's kind of funny. I feel like I'm so in the jazz scene or like, you know, under the jazz rock that I, <laughs> I really didn't recognize a lot of other people there. And people had to be like, you know, that's so-and-so. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no <laughs> idea what they look like, but I love their music. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was like a delicious meal. And it was just kind of incredible to be in a convention center filled with that many people. I mean, especially after like two and a half year break of yes. being around nobody. So there was like such an, an infectious energy, infectious, maybe not the right word, but there was a <laughs> I know, really we can't nice use that energy. word anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it was a very exciting energy. And I think one thing that I absolutely love about the Canadian awards shows is that no matter what category you win in, you get to make a speech and everybody's listening. And it's like a very inclusive environment. Because I've heard about other award shows, like major ones, maybe in the United States, that categories like jazz aren't even televised. So to have like so many beautiful people and creators in the same room, listening to each other's stories and each other's gratitude, like it was very, very special. Well, wow. well, congratulations and so, so well-deserved. I did hear your speech and I thought you were great too. And I saw some Thank of you. your clips. So I, I really felt like I was there as well. And it was amazing. So Katie, you're traveling across Canada doing music this summer. And that must mm-hmm. also just feel so fabulous to be in person again after this long two and a half years. Can you tell us a little bit about your tour across Canada? Absolutely. It's so nice to be back. I mean, last year I went to Vancouver and I played a couple shows, but this year um, my tour is a little bit different. It's not just about performing. So right now I'm in the Yukon, I'm in Whitehorse and I'm teaching at the Yukon Summer Music Camp. I'm teaching um, vocal jazz, lyric writing and songwriting, two master classes and an ensemble. And so the thing that I love about touring this summer is that I'm combining my love of a whole bunch of different ways to access music. So teaching performing Mm. and also recording because I'm recording my next album when I go to Calgary. But I'm in Whitehorse right now. I love it. The people are incredible. There's such a vibrant art scene up here. It's really, really quite special. And um, I go to Vancouver on Sunday and I'm playing a few shows in Vancouver. The one that I was going there for is on Wednesday, August 3rd at uh, I think St. Helens Anglican Church. I'm playing with Miles Black and Bill Kuhn and Colin Zacharias, who are all incredible musicians on the West Coast that I'm really looking forward to working with. From Vancouver, I go to Calgary and I'm playing a couple shows in Calgary. They're more private functions for like the jazz thing there and 
Um, but I'm also nice. recording my next album with a pianist named Mark Lamacher, and I'm doing that at the uh, National Music Center, the brand new music center and museum in oh, Calgary at Studio Bell. And I'm so, so excited. It's going to be a duo album, and I think it'll be nice because my last ones, you know, I did quartet. I did the 10-piece ensemble that won the Juno. My next album that comes out in November is quartet plus, like, special guests. And so I think it'll be nice. It'll be something a little different, so I'm really looking forward to recording that. And then I go back to Montreal for two days, uh, do some laundry, (laughs) Um, and then... I go to Markham to play in the Markham Jazz Fest on August, I think, 20th. And then I teach in Perry Sound at the Interprovincial Music Camp. I'm the vocal jazz instructor there for five days there. So I'm really looking forward to going to camp there again. Wow. This really is heady stuff. And to wear all these hats, and they all feed each other, don't they? Like the teaching reminds you of, right, your own learning. Are you still scatting away? Because everyone, Katie is the best scatter. You even have a scatting channel in addition to your regular Instagram and all the things that you do. And I'm going to get to that in a second. So you're touring Ontario in the fall. Can you tell us about that? Yes. I've got like quite a few dates that I'm really looking forward to. I mean, the first one in the fall is the Sudbury Jazz Fest. And so I'm playing in Sudbury, which I've only been to once, just as a traveler, checking out the giant nickel. Um, (laughs) But I'm there September 10th. And then I've got some dates in Toronto and Waterloo, Aurora. Wow. There's more. I I, I don't have the the sheet in front of me. I'm also doing another one in Montreal in September and doing the Kensington Market Jazz Festival. And there's a whole bunch of really, like, I'm so excited to be back in Ontario and I absolutely love Ontario, so I'm really thrilled to be seeing more of it, especially, you know, places like Sudbury that I don't get to go to very often because I think driving there is always so stunning. Oh, that's so lovely. You're releasing a new album. You touched on this on November the 4th. Can you just tell us briefly about that? Absolutely. So this new album, 11 of the 13 songs are original music. It's coming out on my record label, La Reserve, and each uh, song contains a special guest. So I have my quartet. So it's me, drums, piano, and bass. And drums are Jacob Butsky. Piano is uh, Felix Fox Pappas. And bass is Thomas Hainbeck. And then wow. the guests include like Pat LaBarbera and Christine Jensen, Alison Al, Virginia McDonald, Jocelyn Gould. Laura Anglad is singing on one. It's There's wow. so many incredible people that I'm so lucky to be working with and a whole bunch of my friends as well. That's just a few of them, but I had quite a few guests and I'm so lucky that this project was generously supported by the Canada Council for the Arts. So I'm very excited to be sharing that. Good move, Canada Council for the Arts. This one makes a lot, a lot of sense. Uh, you also are releasing a new single from your album on August the 12th, and that single is? It's called Cover Up. And I'm very excited about that one. That one features uh, Christine Jensen and my friend Lucas Dubovic. And it's sort of like a, like a, I call it greasy swing. And it's sort of like <laughs> mysterious and like a little bit humorous. And I'm really thrilled to be sharing that one. Your professors, Katie, I just have to digress for a second and say this, must be so proud of you that you studied music with just watching this career of your story. They probably knew this. They probably saw you and said, yeah, she's going to be the one. But have you been in touch with any of them? And have they just sort of like been so excited by all of this success? I've been really fortunate to have such wonderful professors in my life and a lot of professors that have like, you know, um, recommended me for certain opportunities like um, 
Mike Downs recommended me to teach at the Interprovincial Music Camp. And Mike was like a huge influence and such a great professor that I had at Humber College. And same with Lisa Martinelli, uh, who's the vocal professor at Humber College. When I won the Juno, I got like a nice text from Lisa. And that really meant a lot because, I mean, we spend all this time like learning under these like incredible musicians. You just want to make them proud. <laughs> and then Christine Jensen was my professor at McGill. And, you know, she's playing on my new record. So it's like, oh. you know, it's so incredible to be able to like make music with these people. And I, I really hope I make them proud because their opinions matter so much to me. They're just such incredible people. Okay, so I have the chills. I don't know about anyone else who's listening, but I do because this is <laughs> this is really very cool stuff. You recently released, and congratulations on this, My Cardiologist, the song that we're about to play on July 1st. So congratulations on that. Thank Can you, you just briefly set up the song for us and tell us a little bit more about My Cardiologist? Absolutely. When I songwrite, I try and create new ways of saying familiar emotions like love. And so in this case, the lyrics are talking about how, in my case, like a woman is going to all these different specialists, an optometrist, a podiatrist, a cardiologist to see if she's in love because, <laughs> you know, she's not displaying the regular symptoms. So she goes to the optometrist because she's not blind, but she heard that love is blind. And she goes to the podiatrist because she's walking fine. But she should be like, you know, head over heels. And then she goes to the cardiologist because you know, she's been told that like her heart should be skipping beats, but it's normal. So she's just trying <laughs> to figure out she's going to all these different specialists to see so cool. what's going on. So yeah, it, it went viral on TikTok, which is kind of funny and got like wow. over 2 million views. And so a lot of people ended up really liking the song. So it was, it gave me a lot of confidence in releasing it. I am so excited for you. Okay, everyone, let's all have a listen to My Cardiologist by Katie George. Due to international copyright law, podcasts are unable to include music. Music can only be played on the live radio broadcast. Finding Your Bliss airs every Saturday at 1 p.m. If you'd like to hear this artist's music, you can find the link to our Finding Your Bliss SoundCloud in the episode description. Oh, my God. That is so incredible, Katie. Oh, my God. Thank you. Oh, I love that. And 2 million views, everyone, on TikTok. And I am not surprised at all by that. It is fantastic. I don't really think I have to ask this question, but what is bliss these days for Katie George? Being able to do what I love and just doing what I love. I think I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to just be doing music. And that's, you know, how I am paying my rent. And it doesn't wow. feel like work because I just have such a great time. Like, I'm so excited to head back to uh, the Yukon University to teach my songwriting class in a few minutes. So I'm, I'm very fortunate. And I am always really, like, really thinking about how lucky I am to be able to do what I love. Well, we are so proud of you and we are so excited to have you on this show again. Will you come back when the next big thing happens, which Absolutely. seems to be happening all the time? Of course. <laughs> that would be great. Katie, what is the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media? My social media are my first and last name, which are kind of uh, spelt a little funny, but my name is Katie, spelt C-A-I-T-Y, and my last name is Hungarian. It's pronounced George, but it's spelt G-Y-O-R-G-Y. Awesome. And so it's like, with Y's instead of E's. And it's just that on every social media. I don't think there's another person in this world with the same name as me or with the same spelling. So that's kind of funny, but yeah. That's awesome. And everybody check out the dates in your area all across Canada to see this very gifted artist perform. You're just on fire these days and you always have been, but wow, we're really enjoying watching all of your success. Thank you so Thank much you. for being back on the show today, Katie. It was great having you. Thank you so much for inviting me back. I really appreciate it, Judy.
Each week, we spotlight a singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you're a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. And if you're an author, artist, yoga, meditation, or mindfulness expert, or really anyone who has found and is following their bliss, like Katie George, and bringing bliss to everyone through her beautiful music, we would love to hear from you. Also, what did you love about today's show? Are there any guests or topics you would like us to feature on Finding Your Bliss? Write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, please let me know. And of course, you can always reach out to us on Instagram or on Facebook at The Bliss Minute. I would like to thank all of our wonderful guests for being on the show today. A very special thank you to Sarah Petroff and to Katie George. Also, thank you to Mag Ruffman, Siobhan Kylie, Lauren Kaminsky, producer and audio engineer, Nayira Amani, associate editor and video editor, Sierra Brown-Rodriguez, audio producer, Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrach, reminding you all to stay connected to your passion and purpose and take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.